this has been on my mind the last couple of Sundays as we sing. Um, I was thinking about how our music is rather simple here at Emmaus, isn't it? Um, the music that is played on the guitars typically, it, it's just enough to help us to sing together congregationally. Uh, and then the way that Mike and Scott lead, it's just enough to help us sing congregationally. Uh, but the music itself, it's, it, it's not really aiming at moving us emotionally. Should we be moved emotionally when we sing praises to God? I say yes, we should. But what should move us emotionally as we sing praises to God? Should it not be the content of the words, the, the content of the songs that we are singing, the, the gospel truths that are being communicated? And I think this is important to recognize. This is just a little bonus thing that I'm throwing out to you in the second service because it's a bit more casual in this environment and uh, it's been on my mind. Um, I, I think I, I often feel moved uh, during our uh, musical worship, but it's because of the fact that I'm contemplating the truth of the songs that we're singing. So I'm moved uh, in this way through the mind and in the heart as opposed to just in the heart, you know. Um, we, we um, I guess, should be moved like this always as God's people. We are to have emotion, we are to have affection for God, yes, but not in a way that bypasses the mind. Uh, rather, we are to be moved through the mind by the truth of God's Word and in the heart. That has nothing at all, I don't think, uh, to do with the uh, catechism question that is before us. Maybe it does a bit. Uh, but let me read it now. We are looking uh, this afternoon at Baptist Catechism, or no, not afternoon yet, uh, in the second service at Baptist Catechism question 93, which asks, What are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? And the answer is, The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances especially the Word, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. And I will read now from Acts 2, 41-47. Hear now the reading of God's Holy Word. So those who received His Word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here we have an account of the practice of the very earliest church and the things that they devoted themselves to. This is now the reading of God's holy word. May He add His blessing to the pre preaching and teaching of it this afternoon. I keep saying afternoon, forgive me. It's not afternoon. In this second service. Uh, brothers and sisters, God ordinarily works through means. I want you to think about that in this uh, sermon, this brief sermon. God ordinarily works through means, and this is a very important concept to understand. Now, sometimes God works in an immediate way. For example, 
When God created the heavens and earth in the very beginning, He did not work through means. He simply called the heavens and earth into existence. But God often works through means, or maybe we could say through conduits. He uses people and things to accomplish His purposes. Uh, Take, for example, the parting of the Red Sea. God could have worked in an immediate way. He could have simply caused the waters to part in front of Israel. Have you ever thought of that as Israel was fleeing the Egyptians? God could have just caused the waters to part right in front of them and they would have walked through on the dry land and came out on the other side. And He could have done this. But He chose to part the sea through Moses. He revealed His will to Israel through Moses and commanded that Moses lift his staff. And in this way, God parted the waters. Though God could always work in a direct way and without the involvement of people and things, He often uses means. He parted the sea by the means of Moses and his staff. He brought you to faith in Christ by means of the prayers and gospel witness of others. And He is sanctifying you now by means, by the means of your life experiences, by the means of your relationships, to name just a couple of things. God is at work in the world, and He typically works through means. Here our catechism is not only teaching us that God works through means, but that there are a few things that God has determined to use regularly to distribute His saving and sanctifying grace to His people, and these we call the ordinary means of grace. How does God bring His elect to faith in Christ? How does He purify, strengthen, and preserve them? Again, I say I suppose He could do it all in an immediate way. He could speak His gospel directly to sinners from on high. He could purify us in the mind and the heart directly by zapping us with spiritual power from on high. But He has determined to work His grace in us through the means that He has determined to ordinarily use. They are the Word of God, read and preached, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. So I want to consider with you Baptist Catechism 93, piece by piece. First, our catechism clarifies that it is the outward means that we are here talking about. These are the things external to us that God uses to work His grace within us. I might ask you, does God do a work in us and in our hearts when He regenerates us and sanctifies us further. We would say, yes, God does this inward work in us. And this He does immediately by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit of God does also use these things, which are outside of us, to work within us, on our minds and on our hearts. So we are talking about outward means here. Secondly, our catechism clarifies that it is talking about the ordinary means. I might ask you, does the Lord sometimes use other things, other than the word baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, to work within His people? And we would say, of course. Often the Lord will use life circumstances, even trials and tribulations, to purify and strengthen His people. But these circumstances will be unique to each and every one of us, according to the will of God. We are not called, therefore, to chase after these sanctifying circumstances. Does that make sense? If I were to ask you, 
What is the Lord doing in your life? How is He growing you? How is He challenging you? Yes, you might list off the outward and ordinary means of grace that we are here talking about, but you might also tell me about this circumstance or that that God is using to challenge you and to refine you further. God does use things like this to refine His people, but again I say to you, these circumstances are going to be unique to each and every individual, and we ought not We are not called to chase after these sanctifying circumstances. We are to submit ourselves to the Lord in them as they come, but we are not called to chase after us, after them rather, for they are not the ordinary means that God has set apart for His people. Thirdly, our catechism is specifically speaking of those means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption. Here, Communicate does not refer to the dissemination of information. We usually use the word communicate in that way. If, if I say to you, I am communicating to you, uh, something to you right now, I, I, I mean I am disseminate, disseminating information to you. But our catechism is using, using this word differently. Here, uh, communicate uh, means, means to distribute. So Christ has earned our salvation... Uh, he has all of these blessings to bestow upon us. The question is, how does He communicate these blessings to us? In other words, how does He distribute these blessings to us? Uh, that is what we are here considering. Christ has earned our redemption, but how do we come to have the benefits of it as our own? More to the point, What are the things that God has determined to regularly use to distribute His gift of salvation and sanctification to His people? Fourthly, the question is answered in a very succinct way with these words, the outward and ordinary means, whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances. Ordinances are those things that Christ has ordered or commanded us to use. So think of it. God has His elect in the world. Each and every one of them will be saved, for this is the will of God. But how will these elect come to be saved? Well, we must ask, what has Christ commanded or ordered? He has ordered us to preach the gospel. God works through means, remember. Gospel proclamation is the means that God will use to bring His elect to salvation. And how do we know? Again, I say, Christ has ordered it. He has commanded it. And think also of this. God has promised to give us our daily bread, but how do we come to have it? We are to come to have our daily bread through prayer. For Christ has ordered us or commanded us to pray, to pray the whole Lord's Prayer, even that petition which says, Give us this day our daily bread. Fifthly, our catechism highlights four things in particular when it says, especially the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. These are the outward and ordinary things that God has determined to use to distribute the benefits of the redemption that Christ has earned to His elect. As has already been said, the elect are brought to faith through the preaching of the Word of God as the Spirit works. And the elect are further strengthened and preserved in the faith through the Word of God. This is why Paul says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. That is Romans 10.17. So do you wish to see your loved ones come to salvation? 
then one thing you must do is share the word of God with them. For God brings sinners to salvation through the proclamation of His word, through the proclamation of His gospel. For this is one of the outward and ordinary means that God has determined to use to grow His people up in the faith. People come to faith through the preaching of the word and they are grown up in the faith through the preaching of the word. Next, baptism is mentioned. We will learn more about baptism in questions 97 through 101 in our catechism. For now, I will say that baptism is not something that we are to partake of over and over again. No, we are to be baptized in water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the beginning of the Christian life after we profess faith and after we turn from sin. But God does use baptism to distribute the benefits of the redemption that Christ has earned to His elect. The elect are baptized into Christ. They are baptized by the church and into the fellowship of the church. The Spirit of God works mightily in His people through the waters of baptism. Can you remember your baptism and how the Lord used it to strengthen you, to sanctify you further? He set His name upon you in the waters of baptism, you see. Uh, A profession was made before God and man. And the Lord, I'm sure you would say, used baptism to strengthen the faith that you already possessed. Does baptism save us? That is a very important question. Does the water itself wash away sin? We say no, but it is the thing that baptism signifies that saves us, namely faith in and union with Christ Jesus. But God does strengthen His people through baptism. It is set apart as a means of grace. How do we know? Because Christ has ordained it. He has commanded that we go and make disciples of all nations through the preaching of the gospel and that these who profess faith in Christ and who turn from their sins be baptized and then taught to observe all that He has ordained or commanded. Next, the Lord's Supper is mentioned. And we will learn more about the Lord's Supper in questions 102 through 104 of our catechism. But for now, let us confess that the Lord's Supper is not only a memorial, it is not only a time for the church to remember what Christ has accomplished, though it is certainly not less than that, No, the Lord's Supper is a means of grace. God works powerfully through the Lord's Supper both to strengthen His church and to purify her. So Christ and the Spirit use baptism and the Lord's Supper to strengthen and purify uh, His church. And then lastly, prayer is mentioned. And we'll learn more about prayer in questions 105 through 114 of our catechism. For now, know that God works Through prayer, brothers and sisters. You've heard it said that prayer changes things, and it does. It does not change the eternal decree of God, but God does work through the prayers of His people to accomplish His eternal decree. And more than anything, prayer changes us. Prayer is an outward and ordinary means of grace, and so we are to be diligent in it. We are to pray without ceasing. That does not mean that we are to do nothing but pray. What it means is that we are to be We are to be in prayer regularly and constantly throughout uh, the Christian life. The sixth and last phrase of the Catechism is, All which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. So who does the Word, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer benefit? They benefit the elect of God. And who is it that makes these things effectual or effective? We know that it is the Spirit of God who makes these ordinary means of grace effective. 
and the lives of God's elect. Now, please allow me to make two observations by way of conclusion, and I think they're very important observations. One, our catechism will clarify in the following questions that these ordinary means of grace do not work in an automatic way. No, they are only effective when they are received by faith, and we know that faith is the gift of God. So please listen to questions 94, 96, and 105. They ask, how is the Word made effectual to salvation? How do baptism and the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation? And then, what is prayer? And I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, because we will consider these questions in due time. But I think it is important to recognize that the answer to these questions all emphasize the necessity of faith. These means of grace do not act or function in an automatic way. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? This is very important. It's not as if all who eat the bread and drink the cup receive God's saving power irrespective of the condition of their heart. If people eat and drink of the Lord's Supper without faith in their heart, they in fact eat and drink judgment upon themselves. The same could be said of, of baptism. Um, the same could even be said of, of the Word of God preached in, in prayer. All of these things have to be done in faith if they are to be effective and pleasing to God. So then, these means of grace uh, do not work in an automatic way. Here now, question and answers 94, 96, and 105. Listen for this theme. How is the Word made effectual to salvation? The Spirit of God maketh the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners, and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith and at salvation. Do you hear it? This must be through faith. We must receive the Word with faith in Christ. Question 96. How do baptism and the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation? Baptism and the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them or in Him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit in those that by faith receive them. So baptism and the Lord's Supper benefit those who receive them by faith. That is to say, with faith in Christ. Question 105. What is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God by the assistance of the Holy Spirit for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ, believing with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. So, the word believing is what I want to emphasize here. When we come to the Lord in prayer, we must come uh, with faith in our hearts. You know what James says about this and about doubting. Let not the one who doubts suppose that he will receive uh, what he asks for from uh, the Lord. We are to not be like that unstable wave that is tossed to and fro by the wind. So then these means of grace do not work in an automatic way. In other words, you do not receive the grace of God. You do not receive the benefits of the redemption purchased by Christ. If you hear God's word, partake of baptism of the Lord's Supper, or pray without faith in Christ in your heart, it is by faith that we are saved. And it is by faith that we walk and are sanctified. And if we are to be strengthened by these ordinary means of grace, we must partake of them with faith in Christ in our hearts. The second thing I want to observe by way of conclusion, or at least um, the, the, the second observation I want to present to you, is that by identifying these things 
as outward and ordinary means of grace, our catechism is urging us to use them. To use them. You know, it never ceases to amaze me to see professing Christians look to other things besides these things for growth in Christ. Did did you hear what I just said? it, It never ceases to amaze me to see professing Christians look to other things besides these things for growth in Christ. Uh, You see this in professing Christians. They will look to this program. They will look to that discipline and to this method to find spiritual nourishment all while neglecting the ordinary things that God has actually ordained. The ordinary things that God has actually ordained set before us, you see. A Christian might be struggling and, and they think that they, need, that they need something beyond what God has ordained or other than what God has ordained. Uh, and, and I think this is something to be concerned with. God has given us all that we need in Christ Jesus and He has given us these ordinary means of grace and they are not to be neglected. They are not to be neglected. I think the very first thing we must do if we are struggling spiritually is ask the question, am I? Am I partaking in these means of grace that God has set right before me? Am I doing this regularly? Am I doing this thoughtfully? Am I doing this with faith in my heart? Am I, for example, preparing my heart for worship on the Lord's Day so that I can come and pray with God's people, hear the Word of God read and preached thoughtfully and with understanding and with the intent to obey? Am I engaging in uh, the participation of, of the Lord's table thoughtfully with, and with faith in my heart, you see. Um, we, we would do well to start here, brothers and sisters, in our endeavors to grow in our faith in Christ. The first Christians, after being baptized, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that is, to the Word of God, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. In the Greek, it is to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. The rest of Scripture confirms that these are the ordinary things that we are to make use of for growth in Christ Jesus. And so, if I were to ask you, what are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? I I hope that you would say something like this. The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances, especially the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect, for salvation. Let's bow together for a brief word of prayer and then we will go to corporate prayer. Father, I do ask that you would help us to not neglect these precious gifts that you have given to us. May we see uh, the Word of God, prayer, baptism, and the Lord's Supper as conduits uh, that you have determined to pour out your grace through. Lord, help us to come and to drink from you Uh, through these conduits. Help us to draw near to you and to find our refreshment and nourishment from you uh, through these gifts that you have given to us. Uh, Lord, help us to be constant. Help us, O Lord, to not be puffed up with pride so that we try to go it alone. Help us not to be so foolish to try to find our strength elsewhere, but to come to you, O God, and to drink from these streams of water. Do help us and strengthen us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.